Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary is the author of two outstanding books, The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now, here's Gary Smith. Saturday. Uh, it's great to uh, have you guys on with us today. A few technical difficulties this morning, but nothing we can't overcome. Thanks to Zach for being in the studio with me this morning to uh, help get things uh, rocking and rolling here with the show today. Hope you're all uh, snuggled down at home amidst the rain here in Connecticut. Uh, hopefully you've got a cup of hot coffee or tea or hot chocolate or something like that, and you're going to be able to, uh, to kick back and relax and, and enjoy the show. It was interesting. As I was on my way up here uh, this morning, I was thinking to myself, you know, why do people tune in to The Gary Smith Show? And I, I came up with several uh, several thoughts. I think in some cases, if you guys are anything like us at home, we always have the radio on. And so, uh, you know, we tune in to, uh, you know, to our favorite stations, WSDK being among them, and, uh, and we, uh, we let things rock and roll. And so we're going about our day, but we, you know, we kind of have things on and we catch things a little bit here, a little bit there from the program. So some people, I'm sure, uh, do that uh, with radio stations like WSDK because of the wide variety of the programming uh, that, uh, that we offer here. But I also think that people... Uh, you know, listen sometimes more intentionally because they, you know, because they want to learn something. They, you know, they're really concerned about what's going on in the world. Uh, what are the latest thoughts as far as personal and business development? How do we go about changing our lives and things like that? And, and it occurred to me at that point that there are really, uh, there are really only two types of people in life when it comes to business and personal development. There are those people who say that they want to change and there are those people who are at a point where they are committed to making the change. So which one of those categories do you fall into? If you're saying that you want, you know, that you're interested in making a change, but you haven't done it, what are you going to do to get leverage on yourself to, to get yourself into the other category of being committed to making change? And then when you commit to make that change, what is it that you have to do in order to begin to take action and moving in that direction. And the Gary Smith Show is all about giving you guys the latest in thought and technology uh, when it comes to business and personal development. So if you're really at that point where you're committed to making a change, then I encourage you to grab a notebook or a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen and sit down and take notes uh, because the stuff that you're going to learn, uh, not only today but throughout all of our other shows, uh, is going to be stuff that you can take and put to work in your life and in your business today. So it's really, really important that you do that if you're committed to making that change. And uh, today, 
you're going to be wanting to take a bunch of notes because our guest today is Loran Starr. Uh, Loran uh, and I met, oh, probably about three or four months ago, and we, uh, we met through a mutual friend and, uh, and have corresponded via email. We've never actually met face-to-face, but we've talked on the phone. Uh, we've corresponded via email, and we finally got together a few weeks ago and recorded um, – an interview uh, talking about generational workforce strategies, and I'll get into that in just a minute. But uh, let me tell you a little bit about Loran. She's an author. She's a consultant. She's a global speaker. Uh, I don't know how many of you remember uh, the uh, – uh, what was it? The uh, the Starship Enterprise uh, back uh, back years ago, and the the tagline that Gene Roddenberry had for the show was to boldly go where no man has gone before. Well, that's a good explanation for who Loran is, because Loran goes where others tread lightly. Uh, from keynotes to workshops, she creates an amazing experience that leaves her audiences wanting more. Uh, she's a, th- a sought-after thought leader in emotional intelligence and women's empowerment. And, and through leadership and engagement, she inspires vision and strategic change in any kind of economic environment. Uh, so she really brings a tremendous amount of value to the marketplace. Uh, she's also uh, a former member of the U.S. military, so thank her. Uh, we want to thank her for her service to our country. Uh, and she's also worked for several Fortune 100 companies. She has a master's degree in organizational psychology. She's a member of the Global Speakers Federation. Uh, she's licensed and certified in emotional intelligence. She's a certified executive coach. She's a published author. And as you will see as we get into our interview with her today, she is amazingly powerful and insightful into, uh, into situations. And as I said, today's topic is going to be generational workforce strategies. And just, uh, just to kind of preface that before we jump into our interview with Loran, the whole concept of generational workforce strategies is that every generation that comes into the workforce comes from a, a different background. Uh, different education, uh, different values, uh, you know, not only from what they've been taught, but from what they believe and what they hold dear. And so as, as each generation comes in, as the, as the next generation is kind of preparing to move on and, then, and a new generation comes in, there are, there are struggles that go on there. Struggles for the new generation coming in to acclimate themselves to the workforce and struggles with the people who are there already uh, who have paid the price and, and are already actively involved in working in organizations. There's a struggle for them to accept the new generation and to look forward to being able to work with them and to help uh, hone the next generation of leadership in our world and in, in business today. And so that's what Loran and I are going to be talking about. So having said that, let's jump in and start the first segment of a three-segment interview with Loran Starr. Today we're visiting with Loran Starr, and before we actually get into our topic today, which is going to be generational workforce strategies, uh, first of all, Loran, I just want to uh, welcome you to the show, and thank you so much for taking the time to be with me. Oh, it is my pleasure. I love sharing uh, insight, and I appreciate you having me on board with you today. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, and I think this is a this particular topic is something that I think our listening audience is really going to relate to because uh, generational workforce strategies I think is a really important topic today. But uh, kind of to start off our conversation, Loran, why don't you just talk generally about what are generational workforce strategies and and kind of what are the issues that you the central issues that you're seeing in your work. 
Sure. Well, here's what we need to take into consideration first and foremost. The millennial generation is the largest generation coming into the workforce. So they are the largest amount of numbers coming in, and when we add to that, they also have the least amount of experience coming into the workforce. When we look at generational Xers, like myself, we were entering the workforce, but we had experience. The millennial generation doesn't have that experience. Now, when, when you talk about experience, what are you specifically talking about that we that the Gen Xers coming into the workforce already had a little bit of work history, or is that where you're going? Absolutely. I mean, think about it. When I entered the workforce, or when I went to college, I held a part-time job. Actually, I held a full-time job, and I wasn't alone in that. The majority of my peers held, we were all working 30 hours a week, if not more, to put ourselves through college. That was our generation. The millennial generation, their parents are paying for college. The, we, we have a generation of students or a generational workforce that's entering the workplace with very low student loans and not having any work history. They may have worked at a supermarket. But they're, they're not, we're not looking at that stringent work history that you or I had when we entered the workplace. Okay, that's, that's really, really interesting. Uh, and I, I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I, I worked when I was in college in order to be able to mm -hmm. try to make sure that I didn't have a lot of student loans to pay when I got out. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, my family has done the same thing. My daughters uh, have, have worked when they were in college and, and that sort of stuff so that they had little to nothing in the way of student loans because their goal was to be able to graduate from college and get out of graduate school as close to being debt-free as they possibly could be. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so that that is a different uh, that is a different mindset. So with that in mind, then uh, it seems like maybe the millennial generation uh, has kind of been handed things on a silver platter by their parents. Is is that what you're seeing? Are we have, oh. we, have we raised an entitled generation? An entitled generation. I, I cringe when I hear that. I cringe when I hear people say that because unfortunately. Um, if you're a millennial listening to this show, you should be listening to this show because this will give you the leg up uh, as far as competition goes in the workplace. I don't like to say that they're entitled. They were just given a little bit more. However, that being said, organizations look at the millennial generation as the entitled generation because of the way or the difference that they process information. So there's a huge push right now from companies to hire the millennial generation. We have a retiring generation. We have your traditionalists that are retiring. We even have the cusp of the Generation Xers starting to retire out or shift careers because we're in our 40s and 50s and we're looking at quality versus quantity. So we're leaving organizations, and this is leaving a gaping hole for the millennials to fill. So there is that demand for millennials to come into the workplace. However, organizations aren't ready for them. They're not ready for them. They see the millennial generation as being entitled. This is the generation that wants to get promoted today, not tomorrow. This is the generation that can process information much faster than you or I could. This is a very tech-savvy generation. They, they want full autonomy. They think they have mastery. So if you, really, if you really want to understand what motivates 
the millennial generation, read Daniel Pink's Drive. Phenomenal book, well ahead of his time when he wrote this on what motivates employees to work. And it really speaks to the millennial generation. They want that mastery. They want that autonomy. And they want it to mean something. At the end of the day, they don't want to just go home to their families. They want to feel like, like they, contribute to, they contributed to society, that what they're doing for work has value and is important. And organizations are stepping back on, whoa, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. We want you to come in and work like, your genera- like our Generation Xers. We think about how Generation Xers work. We're just really delving into transformational leadership. Our, our millennials have that. They grew up with that. We also are a generation that works 40, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week without batting an eye. Right? We're, on that, we're on that generational cusp of our parents' generation was all about loyalty. So we look at the traditionalists, it's all about that loyalty and staying with a company forever. And success was linear. You slowly climbed the corporate ladder. In comes the tradi- in comes the excuse me the generation Xers and we were hated when we entered the workforce because we entered going mm, success isn't linear success is messy I'm not going to stay with the company my entire life I might give five to ten years and I'm going to advance into different areas I'm going to spread my wings a little bit and then when we hit our 40s and 50s we're going you know this corporate thing just isn't my gig or I want to go to an organization and have a little more fun. I've saved, saved, saved. I've worked the 50, 60 hours. If the, I worked, I stayed at my job until the job task was complete. And then we have the millennials coming in going, no, 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 you have it all wrong. We already have mastery, which they don't, but they think they do because they've been told since birth how gifted they are. Ah. And, ah, right? This is the generation where every kid got a medal. Right. That's the generation. We created it. Good, bad, or indifferent, but I have to push back a little bit when I hear companies say, well, this is, you know, this is the metal generation. This is, they think they have mastery. And I have to push back and go, how much is personal power or self-confidence worth if you can measure it? What would you prefer? Someone coming in with the attitude of, yeah, I can do this, or mm, hold my hand and walk me through it. We definitely want the, I can do this. Give me a hard task. Right. And and I think that's, you know, that's an important distinction there. But I can see and just, you know, I'm kind of uh, sitting here processing this as you're as you're talking. And I can see the inherent conflicts that come in, especially from the standpoint of, like you said, you have the millennials coming in and they're the ones that don't want to wait for the promotion. They want to be promoted now because they think they have the mastery, mm-hmm. but, they're, but they're coming into a workforce where the. Uh, the people who are running the show at these various companies are looking at it much more from the standpoint of guys, you got to pay your dues. You don't just come in and move up. You know, you follow the tradition of what we've said. Ah, you, you just, you, I love that you follow the tradition. Well, I go into organizations and that's the first thing I have them throw out. We need to shift how we see millennials. We need to take what they bring to the table and use it to our advantage. Just like you did when the Gen Xers hit the workforce. So, yes, the millennials don't look. They, they believe if they're hired for a 40-hour job, that's all you're getting is 40 hours. Anything after that is called overtime. And we know salary employed typically don't get overtime. Correct. So, the, and it, my husband's an engineer, case in point. 
And he has been with his company, he has been with his company 20 years. So he has a traditionalist mindset when it comes to employment. He gained that from his parents, very, very traditional, even though he's a Gen Xer. And now the organization is bringing in the millennials, and it drives my husband crazy. He comes home with the most outlandish stories to him where the millennial be, the, the millennial employee will go, it's 12 o'clock, I'm off to lunch, phone's on private, and they leave. And they come back an hour later, and they make sure they take two or three breaks. And then at 5 o'clock, they're out the door. Like, 5.01, gone. And my husband scratches his head. He's like, I don't take breaks. I work through lunch, and I'm here till 6 o'clock. He works from 7 in the morning until 6 o'clock to get the job done. He's like, we've got these kids coming in, right? Shake your head if this is, like, resonating with you. We've got these kids coming in that are just not doing it. They believe their best is good enough, and really their best is just minimal. Right, right. And that, uh, wow, this is, this is such a powerful conversation. Um, mm -hmm. We have to take a break here real quickly, but I really want to get back and dig into some more of this. So stand by, everyone. We'll be right back with uh, another segment with Loran Starr. Hey, this is Daniel Fazina, host of the Divine Intervention Show, inviting you to join me every Sunday at 4 p.m. on WSDK. Divine Intervention is the interview show that features intriguing people who've experienced the hand of God in amazing ways. The Bible contains some remarkable stories of miracles and divine interventions. Moses parted the sea, Peter healed a man lame from his mother's womb, Jesus drove demons out of people and even raised the dead. Are these types of events still happening today? Tune in to Divine Intervention to find out as we feature people who have experienced miracles, answered prayers, deliverances, healings, and more. More information about the show, free downloads, and podcasts are available at our website, divineinterventionradio.com. Divine Intervention, the interview show that features intriguing people who've experienced the hand of God in amazing ways, Sundays at 4 p.m. on WSDK. When you read the Bible from cover to cover, you'll notice that the Old Testament looks forward to it and the New Testament celebrates it. It's the birth of Christ. We'll explore one man's reaction to the first Christmas. Listen this weekend to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Here the weekend edition of Truth For Life with Alistair Begg, Sunday morning at 8.30 here on Life Changing Radio, 1550 AM WSDK. Continued wet through the afternoon and evening across the Connecticut Valley as a rainy system works off to the north and east. Upper 40s this afternoon, mid-30s tonight. Winds will be picking up tonight when a cold front approaches. The rain may actually end up as a little wet snow. Mostly sunny and brisk. Low 40s tomorrow. Brisk and cool Monday with sunny periods mid to upper 30s. Randy Berkson with a WSDK Weather Update. Life-Changing Radio, 1550 AM. Okay, welcome back to the Gary Smith Show here on 1550 AM WSDK. we got a full show today with our interview with Loran, but if you do have any questions or comments, I encourage you to send them in via email to questions at optex.com. That's questions at O-P-T-E-C-H-S dot com. And I'll try to answer them either at the end of the show uh, or we'll, uh, we'll bring them up at the first part of our show uh, next week. Now, so we're visiting with Loran Starr, and 
really, really interesting stuff uh, as far as the, the whole millennial generation coming into the workforce and the conflicts that they're experiencing uh, from the standpoint of their perception of the workforce and in, in, in thinking that they have mastered things, which they haven't, uh, but also coming up against what we, what Loran and I were talking about as far as these traditionalist values of you have to come in, you have to pay the price, you have to follow the system, uh, and the conflict that that creates. And we're going to discuss more of that and, and talk about things like you know how the millennials deal with this, and and you know, and how do they stay employed? Because uh, one of the things she's going to talk about is that if we as business owners do not uh, find a way to work with the millennials and help them through this process uh, and and meet them in the middle, as far as you know, trying to give them the recognition and work with them and things like that, they wind up eventually getting up and leaving, and and we we lose some potentially great talent in our organizations if we don't handle things properly. So with that said, let's get back and do segment two of our interview with Loran Starr. Okay, we're back with Loran Starr. And Loran, we were just talking about the whole thing, and you were using your, your husband as a classic example, which I think is great, of he's the type that he's in work early, he stays at work late, he doesn't take breaks, he doesn't go to lunch, he eats lunch at his desk because his commitment is to the company and to getting the job done. And he's very, very frustrated, and, and understandably so, that uh, that the millennial generation is coming in and they, you know, they take their couple of coffee breaks in the morning and in the afternoon, they take their lunch hour and at five o'clock, whether the job's done or not, they're going home. And, and so they have a completely different mindset. So with that in mind, let's talk about, you know, what, what's driving the mindset of the millennial generation and, and what is it that they really do bring to the party that we should be tapping into? So a couple of things they bring to the party. First off, they process information much faster than you and I do. They are tech savvy. So yes, they can believe it or not, they can, and their brains, you know, we're starting to look at studies where their brains, the neural pathways are mimicking women's in the multitask arena. Um, they're, they're bridging that multitasking where they can do a project, be on chat with a friend and on Facebook all at the same time. And they can process all that information. That's a plus. That is a huge plus for organizations. We need to, as I say to my husband, case in point, honey, if you can't beat them, join them. Do what the millennials are doing. Take your break. It's owed to you. Who's going to live longer, the millennials or my husband? The millennials will. We know getting up and walking around. We know taking a lunch break equals increased productivity at work. Yeah, the studies have demonstrated that time and time again, that working straight eight hours, your productivity goes down. But if you take multiple breaks, your productivity goes up. Guess what? The millennials already figured that out, probably by accident because they haven't had enough time in the workplace. But this is what they've been trained to do, both in college and at home. So, so are you saying then, or are you implying in the in the comments that you're making that uh, because the millennials process information differently and more rapidly than we do, and that they do uh, discipline themselves to take the breaks and stuff like that that they're entitled to, are they ultimately more productive than we are? Unfortunately, yes. I know. I know. It, it, trust me, it makes me cringe. I. I see these millennials and I'm like, I hate you because you can do the same job that I can do in less time, right? 
I mean, it, but, but the traditionalists felt the same way about Generation Xers coming into the workforce. We could do the task at hand faster. We were more productive. If we look at productivity in the workplace, it's increasing by generation, by generation, by generation, in large fact because of technology. Okay, but then in, with that in mind, then how do you how do you balance that with um, you know with a situation like your husband or someone like me who's been you know before mm -hmm. you know, who's been in the workforce for thirty years, and I look at these you know uh, the millennials and I realize yeah because of their ability to understand things they bring a lot to the party and stuff like that, but I look at a lot of them and say you know what I've forgotten more about this work than you will ever know. Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you deal with the whole lack of experience type of thing? Yeah, if you could be more productive than me, but if you're being more productive doing the wrong stuff, what difference does it make? Sure, absolutely. So this is where we need to create that bridge. And it's coming. It's coming slowly. As I say to my husband, copy what the millennials are doing. When they take a break, you take a break. When they go to lunch, you go to lunch. And don't go by yourself. Go with the millennial and talk to them. Understand what makes them tick? What's bringing them to work? They're coming to work not because it's a nine-to-five job. They're coming to work to make a difference. They're a very passionate workforce. Let that be contagious. Pick up some of that passion and also learn from them. How are you processing this project so quickly? What am I missing? See, when we create that bridge and we start working with the different generations versus against the generations. Everybody wins. What we're seeing right now in organizations are these generation Xers, the traditional generations, those that are still in the workforce full time, and the millennials, we're all butting heads. My husband comes home, he complains. And I said, follow them. Do what they're doing. See how they're processing. They want autonomy. Here's where, and, and to the flip side, to help millennials along, the one area or one of the areas that millennials struggle is they don't want to fail. They're afraid to take risks. They're afraid to make mistakes. So I tell my husband, give your millennial employee a difficult project. Let him make a mistake. Teach him how to work through that mistake. Teach him the critical thinking skills that you already have, and in turn, they'll teach you how to process the information quicker, how to focus on what makes more sense, getting rid of the minutiae. Ah, interesting. Versus the two of you slamming your head against the wall and you getting upset because he's leaving at five and him getting in the car going, I can't believe this guy is still at work. What is his problem? Stop the fight. Work together. Yeah, I think I think that's powerful in being able to come together and develop that mutual understanding because it's a passing of knowledge and experience in both directions that ultimately helps everybody in the organization. Mm -hmm. uh, well, one thing I want to explore a little bit though, and that is that you said that the that the millennials come in and and they really do. I mean, they're they're not there just to work a nine to five job. They really do want to make a difference. They want to make that contribution. They they want to add value to the organization that they're a part of. So with that in mind, then why why, or what is it that is shifted in their mentality that says, uh, you know, I'm going to come in at nine and I'm going to leave at five. And what's wrong with you guys who are, you know, who are still, 
there at six or seven or eight o'clock at night because it would seem at least on the surface that the ones who were putting in the time are the ones who really have the best interests of the organization at heart. This generation coming in, they have, they've learned how to work smart. They've learned how to work smart. They do what they have to do to get through the minutiae so that they can focus on the bigger things. They are big thinkers. They're not quite there at the out-of-the-box critical thinking, but they are big thinkers. So when they work for, say, an electrical company, it's maybe for environmental reasons. They all have their reasons as to why they go into specific industries. My nephew, a great millennial, he is, he's going to law school for environmental law. He wants to save the world. That, that is his focus wants to save the world. He puts his time in on the classes that don't mean that much and spends the larger amount of his focus on the classes that he's passionate about. So yes, English, math, the science he had to take. He put his time in, did his time, got through the course, great, so that it freed up more time to play in his passion area. This is what we're seeing in the workplace, is that they want the projects that they're motivated around, that speak to them, that cause an impact. If you don't give them those projects, and this is what organizations are concerned about, rightly so, the millennial generation leaves. That employee, after a year of doing minutiae projects, which you and I know aren't small projects, they're huge projects, they're good for the company, but because they don't speak to that particular employee, after a year, he'll find or she'll find a reason to leave and go to a company that's more in line. It's, it's the Achilles heel of being passionate about your work. Because you and I know from experience that, yes, you can be passionate about your work. It takes time to land the opportunity to really make an impact. You're not going to make an impact on the first day. Right. And I think maybe that speaks to uh, to the whole thing of how do we go about integrating millennials mm-hmm. in, into the business? Because, again, if you look at what we were talking about before of kind of the traditional things, if I'm a, a millennial and I'm just, say, graduating from engineering school and I'm going into a company as an engineer, typically what I'm going to be doing is the lower level kinds of detail work because that's the traditional way of you learn this, you learn this block, you learn this block, you learn this block, and then maybe two, three, four, five years down the road after you've had enough of experience in these various areas, then we'll hand you your first big project to work on where you're actually in the driver's seat kind of doing it by yourself. Um, so are, are we looking at this and then saying that we need to fundamentally revamp the way we integrate millennials in, you know, and taking advantage of the fact and saying, you know, you know what, like you were saying before, let's throw you in, let's give you a project. You're going to fail. That's okay. We'll work through the failures and we'll integrate you more rapidly and give you more responsibility. Is that where we need to be headed, Loran? That's exactly where we need to be headed. And this is nothing new. This is what makes me chuckle at night, is what we're suggesting, what I'm suggesting, is nothing new. You had to do this when Generation Xers entered the workforce. I mean, it's nothing new. We change up every time a new generation comes into a company or a workforce. We change up how we measure, how we recruit, how we um, job task assign. 
based on what they bring to the table. But for some reason, we're really struggling with the millennial generation because it's almost like they're two generations ahead of where they should be. That's exactly what I was thinking is that you know, we're struggling with it because uh, the technology has grown so rapidly during the time that the mm -hmm. millennials have been, have been around. And as a result of that, their level of understanding is so far advanced from where we were at their age that we just can't believe that it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's really, really cool. We're going to continue this conversation, but we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of our conversation with Loran Starr. Are you struggling in your personal or business life? Do you keep trying to achieve, but it seems like it's always one step forward, two steps back? Have you given up on ever achieving your dreams? If any of these questions evoke a positive response from you, then you need to tune in to The Gary Smith Show every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. right here on 1550 a.m. WSDK. Each show addresses at least one subject related to business or personal development and achievement. Our goal is to give you Bible-based, in-depth information that will enable you to find a path forward into the blessings that God desires for you to have. Come join us every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. and begin building the foundation of knowledge that you need to move your life, your career, and your business to the next level. Set your schedule to listen to The Gary Smith Show every Saturday morning at 11 on Life Changing Radio, WSDK 1550. Every athlete, every coach, every fan, everyone needs hope. So on the next Sports Spectrum, we'll take a look at God's choice, our hope. We'll understand why Jesus is the only hope for mankind. We'll hear from former LPGA pro Tracy Hansen and Ohio University assistant football coach Dave Johnson. I hope you'll join us for the next Sports Spectrum. Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock right here on Life Changing Radio. Rain this afternoon through this evening across the Connecticut Valley. Winds will be picking up tonight as a cold front approaches. Upper 40s this afternoon, mid-30s tonight. Rain will probably end up as a little wet snow tomorrow morning. Then sunshine works in, brisk winds, low 40s. A chilly day Monday with a few sunny periods, mid to upper 30s. Brandy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. Life-changing radio, 1550 AM. Welcome back to the final segment here of the Gary Smith Show. We're having a great time with Loran Starr. You know, one of the neat things I get to do is that I get to conduct the interviews, and then after the interviews are over, I get to hear the program again when I go through and edit the audio for the uh, for the show, and then I get to sit here in studio and listen to it again. So it's a great learning experience for me. I get to go through things at least three times. So that's amazing. And I hope you're enjoying the uh, the program today because uh, Loran brings so much to the table uh, in, in her wisdom with dealing with with this, uh, with the millennial generation, you know, so it, the, really the learning out of this last segment is that we as business owners have to really understand what motivates people and then get creative and how we work with them, realizing that it's not just a matter of, you know, I'm the boss, therefore I'm going to teach you. It's how do we learn together? How do we, how do I learn from the strengths that you have? How do I learn that multitasking? How do I learn to be more intuitive about things that, you know, that, and, and learn that from you? Because as a millennial, you already know how to do this stuff. You're already used to that multitasking. And then what can you learn from me? And if we really approach it from a team perspective, 
that we're all a team, ultimately uh, our lives get better and our businesses are more profitable because everybody's learning, everybody's moving forward. And that is just so tremendously powerful when you think about putting those concepts to work. As we go into our last segment with Loran, we're going to be talking about uh, some fundamental stuff about transactional leadership versus transformational leadership. And that is a power of those two words. Uh, they're a powerful distinction. So let's jump into our final segment with Loran as we talk about that. Okay, we're back with Loran Starr, uh, and we've been talking about the millennial generation and how to go about integrating them into the workforce in a way that benefits the organization and it's also meaningful to them and the, and the missions and the values that, that they have. So with that in mind, Loran, let's talk about, maybe you can talk about the leadership styles of the different generations and how they're different and what kind of leadership uh, millennials will respond to most positively. Sure. So our traditionalists, not surprising, are very transactional. Um, transactional is I sell you something, you give me money. We don't, it, it's not big picture focused. It's all based on a transaction. And that was the business model back in the 70s and 80s. Generational Xers are a mix. We are a hybrid. We are a hybrid of transactional, and we are a hybrid of transformational, meaning that sprinkled throughout organizations, you get a little bit of both. When I was in the corporate world, I learned from transactional leaders, so I became a transactional leader. When I got out of the workforce, when I left corporate America and started my own company, I really found my jive in transformational leadership. Transformational leadership is where we look at the bigger picture, where there's a true separation from manager to leader. A manager manages, a leader inspires. That's what transformational is all about. We take in that big scope picture. We're all about empowering the individual to bring something to the table. We're not going to solve the problem for you. If you have a problem, come to us with two or three solutions and we'll walk through and coach you through which is the best solution that you came up with, not me. What we're seeing with the millennials, because there's so much empathy and there's so much need for recognition, need for acceptance, that the transformational model is where they respond the best. And the, the, the great news is right now that's where business is heading. If you're a transactional business, you will fall apart within the next three to five years unless you bring on that transformational leadership skill. People don't hire trans based on transactions anymore. We don't work with companies that are transactional. We want that transformational. We want that empathy. We want it to mean more. We want that connection, that deeper connection. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I do a lot of work in the customer service area, and that's one of the things that I think is vital to successful customer services and to the transactions, if you will, because your transactions have to be based on relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it's you know gets back to the old the old marketing montage that says you know people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Well, you can't know, like, and trust somebody if there's no relationship there. If there's no relationship, yeah. And so the relationship aspect of it becomes you know becomes crucially important. So from from that standpoint, then so the the millennials 
respond to that transformational leadership what else is there that they that they're concerned about i mean how how do we really get at the at the root of how do we bring the best of these people out because they are the future of leadership of our businesses they are the future leadership of our businesses and i think it's really important that we recognize the fact that they want to be heard so here we have a generation that everybody gets a medal nobody sticks out Everybody's a fair player. This is how they're brought up in sports. Even at the high school level, even at the college level where it's competitive, I've yet to see a college coach really get in the face of a millennial when they screw up. What they get is, hey, it's okay. Try harder next time. But how does that factor into business? Because um, when you when you look at that, I mean, it's one thing when you're on you know a, a, mm-hmm. col- a college sports team and and you mess up, but it's another thing when you're in a major business transaction or a major business project and you screw up and you wind up costing the company you know millions of dollars because of your screw up. That's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. So for the for this generation, we've got to do more skills training, more understanding, and we need to hear them. Believe it or not, while this generation was raised on everybody wants a medal, human nature still prevails. The strongest survive. And this generation, more so than any other generation, wants that recognition. They're begging for it at work. They want that, hey, Bobby, good job. Even if it was just showing up to work on time for the whole week. They are so craving that acknowledgement, that special acknowledgement, because they haven't gotten that yet. So, so where is the balance point, though, in this in this whole thing? Because on the one hand, we talk about the millennials and how they want, you know, they want to have an impact and they want to get in and they want to work on the big projects and stuff like that. And yet they're afraid to fail. And, uh-huh. and of course, on the other side, the business is concerned about succeeding. So where is the balance point between, yes, I know you want big projects. I know you want a lot of responsibility and you want to make a contribution, but you're not ready for it yet. Ah, you just, you, there, there's, you just said it. We need that in organizations. We need that transparency where we're not afraid. And I, I see this, God, I see this time and time again where the organization will say, but I'm afraid if I tell them they're not ready, they'll leave. We need to get over that fear. See, you're no longer in mommy and daddy's care. You're no longer in college. This is the real world. They need to be shaken up a little bit. That's where we're going to find that balance. When we say to them, hey, and we recognize, look, you're an extremely talented employee. You know, what you bring to the table is A, B, and C. This is what you bring into the table. This is why we hired you. We understand you want the big projects, and you're going to get them, but we don't trust you yet. However, we're going to work with you so that we can build that trust, so that a year from now, two years from now, you get those projects that you want. There needs to be that transparency. We need to have these open conversations with this group coming through. So, so as a leader in an organization, then what I should be doing with this type of individual is to sit down and say, listen, you know, we hired you because of ABC. You have these strengths that this organization needs. And I realize that this is where you want to go, that you want to be managing these kinds of projects and programs. Here's what I see is the gap between where you are and where you need to be in order to be able to take on that next level project. And here's what I'm going to do to help get you Mm -hmm. there. Exactly. Exactly. We need to feel comfortable enough to share with 
this workforce where their gaps are. Where are they falling short? Is, is there a special way that that needs to be communicated so that they don't feel like somebody just took their medal away? Well, if you have, if you are a transformational leader, you have those skills already. If you're a transactional leader, then I'm going to say, you know what? Rely on your empathy and talk to this employee as if he is your child or she is your child. Use that empathy. It's the empathy. That's what's really missing in transactional leadership is the empathy. But again, we're looking at a transformational leadership team now more so than ever. They want to feel, the millennial generation wants to feel like they're part of a team. They grew up feeling like a part of a team. And the generation that's coming through next, Generation I, it's going to be even more of an issue. They're all on teams. So, and that's good because they've got the teamwork down. What they don't have down is the autonomy, the independence, where they can sit back and thrive and survive all by themselves. And they need someone that'll show them how to do that and be open and honest about it. Yeah, and that that becomes another interesting challenge, and that is how do we transfer that stuff from one generation to another? Because the, you know, the Gen Xers, you know, our generation have, um, we have achieved that autonomy out of necessity, because if we Mm -hmm. didn't, if we didn't achieve it, we didn't survive. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it's not just a matter of, I think, just not just a matter of teaching the millennial generation, but teaching them to teach Generation I. Mm-hmm. And, and so, they're going to have to. Right. That's really interesting. There's there's one other quick topic that I want to talk about with a little bit of time that we have left, Loran, and that sure. is to give people an understanding of what is the difference between the generational things that we've been talking about and gender diversity. In gender diversity, I love that. So gender diversity for your audience, you know, that's male or female. When we look at the generational component coming into play, when we look at the leader, let's, let's step, take a step back and look at the leadership component. Women tend to be more transformational. Men tend to be more transactional. This was shown back in the 70s by Project Globe, and it has continued on. That study has continued on looking at leadership styles. So women tend to have that empathy component already built in. From a generational difference, much like a regular generational difference, Generation X to Millennial, male to female, I'm hoping, and what we're seeing, and I'm hoping it continues, is that it's no longer us versus them, male versus female. We need to learn from each other. Each gender brings specific traits to the workplace. Women need to learn to be a little more transactional, just as men need to learn to be a little more transformational. Women need to learn how to be more strong in their personal power or their confidence. Men can pick up the skills of empathy. Women can learn the skills of negotiation. Men can learn the skills of communication. I mean, isn't that very much like what uh, what a successful marriage is? It's a coming together and and kind of teaching each other, you know, having your own baseline strengths, but being able to have that flexibility to move in different directions, depending on what the organization, in this case, the family really needs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and from a generational standpoint, we have the millennial generations coming through. They don't know what a glass ceiling is. Isn't that fabulous? Yeah, they're they're unlimited and unbounded in their thinking about what they can do and what they can achieve and where they can go. And and their opposing gender agree with them. 
you know, <laughs> now, ladies, you know, the downfall of that, of course, is now we get to take out the garbage an equal amount as the men do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I try to pull that here. I'm like, oh, that's a husbandly duty. And my husband goes, yeah, no, it's not. You fought to liberate yourself. Take the garbage out. Right? So that's, that's the downfall, which is actually a pretty good downfall. Well, it means that, you know, it's, uh, I forget who it was that I was listening to not long ago. And, uh, and she was saying that, you know, that there's nothing wrong with having traditional values in the home and traditional responsibilities. But we also need to look at life from the standpoint that if something happens and our partner, for whatever reason, is no longer there, we have to, each one of us has to have the capability to do what that other person does. It's kind of like uh, I had a friend a long time ago who uh, who retired from the submarine service. He was a lieutenant commander in the submarine service in the Navy. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he said is part of my responsibility as being a member of the team on that ship is I have to know everybody else's job, because if that person drops dead, somebody needs exactly. to be able to take over. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about is that we have to have that, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, global view of things that says, you know, maybe I don't have to be an expert in everything, but I have to be able to do the basics. I have to be able to do the basics. Exactly. Well, we're at the end of our time, uh, Lorianne, but before we, uh, before we close our interview here, I would just love it if you would take a couple of minutes and just kind of tell people who you are, what you do, how they can connect with you. So I'm Lorianne Starr. Uh, you can connect with me through my website. I have two out there. You can go to www.lsc hyphen group. That is my consulting site. Uh, and you can always go to my personal website, which is loranstar.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-N-S-T-A-R.com. I work with women and organizations. We look at uh, diversity and leadership change management. Um, it's tons of fun. I love what I do. I'm very, very passionate. If you haven't picked that up on this phone call, very passionate about the generational workforce as well as gender workforce and leadership development training. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well as corporate work. So, and I'm a speaker, author, and all that jazz. Okay, cool. Well, Loran, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. Uh, if you're open to it uh, a few months down the road, I'd like to have you back on and continue this conversation because we've just scratched the scratch of, of talking about these topics. Absolutely. I think that would be wonderful. Okay, great. Well, thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Well, so that's our uh, the conclusion of our interview with uh, Loran Starr. Just a powerful, uh, powerful session uh, with her, and and the whole concept of it really how do we work together as as teams and businesses? And and we talked about it briefly, but there's you know there's the bridge there for how do we work together in our homes. Uh, you know, the whole uh, we were talking about gender diversity and, you know, in male and female and and how do we approach things differently? And I, and I think what happens in a lot of homes, just like in businesses, uh, we, you know, we spent the majority of our time talking about businesses, but the same thing happens in our homes. And that is that we get this conflict that occurs. Because we approach life differently, as Lorraine was saying, you know, women tend to be more uh, transformational in their approach to things. Men tend to be more transactional. And, and I think what happens is, is whether our relationships are at work or whether our relationships are at home, we tend to view those things as mutually exclusive. And when we do, we wind up butting heads. And that ultimately produces a lot of anger. It produces a lot of conflict. And, and it doesn't take us in 
a common direction. And so within the framework of a business, you're trying to achieve goals. You're trying to move the business forward. You're trying to improve things and generate more revenue, generate more profitability for the business. But if you have these conflicts, these internal conflicts going on, within departments that are whether it's gender diversity or whether it's you know whether it's just a generational gap that has occurred there that's not being bridged and nobody is working on that nobody's trying to solve that ultimately it just kind of puts the brakes on things and and unfortunately what happens is is that your customers are the ones who ultimately suffer because they're not getting the products or services at the quality level and with the attention to detail and and those sorts of things that they really need. And so learning to work together and and uh, as business managers and business leaders are looking into our organizations and saying, gee, what's going on here? Why are we not getting where we need to be? Why are the turnover rates so high? Why are younger people leaving the organization and things like that? Those things uh, those things become very, very important issues to look at. And so as business leaders and business owners, we have to really work on being perceptive and really drilling down to, you know, to the root. And that's where people like Loran come in uh, and, and people like me when we come into organizations because we have the ability to step back and, and look at things like a person from Mars because we've never seen your business before. And as a result of that, uh, things pop out at us that you have learned to ignore either intentionally or unintentionally over, over a period of time. And so that's where the value comes. And the same thing works in our in our homes. It's learning, you know, husbands and wives learning to work together as a team and and learning to share things so that men become a little bit more transformational in their approach to things. Women become a little bit more transactional and we appreciate each other, really appreciate each other for the tremendous value that we bring to the table in our relationships. And that when we learn to work together as a team, whether it's in business or whether it's in the home, Ultimately, things are a lot more productive. We get down the road a lot faster, and we really achieve the goals that we've set out for ourselves, and, and we're a lot happier in the process. And that, to me, is what it's all about. You know, can, you, can you enjoy the work that you do? Can you enjoy your home life? Um, can you really have a good time doing things? But, but the joy comes in that journey and in that process of achieving and in learning to communicate and work together and appreciate the tremendous value that everybody, that everybody brings and working in such a way that the, that the strengths that each individual has really get brought out uh, so, that, so that they can bring value uh, to the, the organization or to the home. So once again, thanks to Loran Starr for being with us. We'll have her back on the show again here in the future, and we'll look forward to uh, talking more about, uh, about generational gaps uh, and, uh, and the whole generational workforce issue and generation. Maybe next time we'll talk in more detail about gender diversity and that sort of thing. So that puts, uh, puts a wrap on another edition of The Gary Smith Show. Thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, it's really great to have you along for the ride. And we'll look forward to seeing you again at 11 a.m. next Saturday morning uh, when we'll be joined by Dana Seiler. And we're going to be talking about leading by design. Uh, That should be a lot of fun. And uh, so please mark your calendars uh, and tune in for another edition of The Gary Smith Show next Saturday at 11 a.m. Until then, have a great weekend. Stay dry. God bless you. Live your life on purpose.
Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.